Hey, it's Lindsay, branch manager with Applied Mortgage here with the Applied Mortgage Community Show. Today, we have many special guests who are going to be going through lower down payment, down payment assistance, and grant programs. So I will introduce my team who will take us away on our podcast where we can do a lot of learning today about different ways to get into properties without breaking the bank. Great. So we'll start off with some introductions. Um, so I'm just going to go right around clockwise here. I have Ryan Footit. If you want to just say your name, your title, and uh, let's do something fun like your favorite ice cream. So my name is Ryan Footit. I'm a loan officer at Applied Mortgage, and my favorite ice cream is peppermint stick. Awesome. John? I'm John Martin. I'm loan officer at Applied as well. Um, and my favorite ice cream is probably chocolate chip. Nice. Jeff? Hi, I'm Jeff LaPointe. I'm a loan originator at Applied Mortgage. Uh, my favorite ice cream would probably be coffee or strawberry. Coffee or strawberry. Bob? I'm Bob Petrelli Jr. I'm part of the Applied Mortgage team with Harbor One Mortgage. I am a loan originator, and I guess my favorite ice cream would be what my daughter calls purple or black raspberry. I was just going to say for mine, so Lindsay Labonte, I manage our team here, and I was going to say black raspberry too because Charlie has been so into eating that recently. It must be the color. Very cute. Awesome. So yeah. for those who are just joining us again, a couple of people were trickling in late. We are part of the applied mortgage team. I've got some of my crew here. Uh, we are going to go over lower down payment loan options, down payment assistance, and grant programs that are available. This will be a quick refresher for those of you who may have some of an idea. If you don't have any idea about what's available, this will be a great introduction. And as always, when you work with any of us on our team here, whether it's any of the folks here on this call, or Matt, or Susan, or uh, Bob, or Nicole, or anyone else you speak with on our team, we have all of these different financing options available. So when we work with you, we're listening to see what your goals are, we review your financials, and then we're going to piece together your goals and your financials and figure out which loan programs are available and best for you. Um, so any follow-up questions after this call, contact anyone on our team and we're here to help you. So we're going to get started here. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that you don't actually need 20% down payment to buy a house. If you talk to your parents or grandparents or other people who have bought, they might say, oh, wow, you need 20% down. Well, you don't necessarily. So we're going to go through some different options that we have, starting with Ryan, who is going to talk about some lower down payment conventional loan options that are available. Yeah, so we have a number of first-time homebuyer programs, um, uh, including the conventional loan programs. So within the conventional loan category, there's uh, a first-time conventional loan that requires 3% down for single-family houses, um, as well as Fannie Mae um, Home Ready, Freddie Mac Home Possible. Those typically require 3% down for um, single-family houses as well. And there's also a number of mass housing programs, too which range from zero to 3% down options for single family houses too. Great. And so if I'm a first time home buyer or, or any home buyer, right, you don't necessarily have to be a first time home buyer. Is that correct? 
for some that's of correct and, and the, the definition of a first-time home buyer is someone that hasn't owned a house in the last three years so if you've owned a house in another state and you relocated and you've been renting or whatever the case may be and you haven't actually owned a house in the last three years you can still take advantage of the first-time home buyer programs that way too okay so that's good to know so it doesn't literally have to be your first home it could just be a home that you haven't owned for at least three years right could be a second home but it's been a while Awesome. Right. Um, and what are some advantages to we're we're gonna review that there's there's conventional loans, there's government loans, there's loans that are through the federal government, through the state, right? There's kind of all these different options. Can you just kind of like very generically speaking, conventional loans? What are some of the benefits there? So the advantages of a, a conventional loan as opposed to a, a government type loan um is the mortgage insurance eventually cancels with a conventional loan. Um, and also the appraisals. So with a uh, um, conventional loan, the appraisal is not as strict as, say, an FHA or a VA loan um, appraisal would require. So that's an advantage when you're comparing. If you're a seller and you're comparing different pre-approval letters, it's an advantage to see a conventional loan as opposed to a different type of loan. Okay, so potentially the terms could be a little bit more favorable, um, again, depending on the person's situation and then also possibly the uh, appraisal requirements might not be quite as strict as some of the other loan options. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Ryan. And we'll talk about how some of the loans that Ryan just reviewed can actually be coupled with other down payment assistance and grant programs too. So again, that's just our tiny introduction to conventional loans. And if somebody maybe um, doesn't have, you know, quite as much income history or maybe doesn't have as high of credit scores or has maybe, you know, some kind of a credit blip in their past or whatever, um, there are other loan options that are available. And uh, John's going to introduce us to some of the government loan programs that are around. Hi, everybody. These are primarily the federal-backed loans uh some you're familiar with the first one i would say is a va loan most people are familiar with that's the veterans administration it's a zero percent down loan one to four family houses um obviously you have to be or have been part of the military and that can be any branch at all um so that's the, the one most people are aware of and qualify for the second one is a USDA, stands for US Department of Agriculture, but it's also known as rural housing. That is also a 0% down loan, but there are a few restrictions. Uh, first one is an income restriction. Basically a household income has to be between about 111 and 120,000, depending on a few things. Um, but also it's a location restriction, meaning as the name implies rural housing, it's supposed to be in a rural area. Now in Western Mass, virtually all of Franklin County qualifies as rural. The only areas in Hampshire, Hamden and Hampshire that wouldn't qualify is call it the Route 91 corridor north from Hatfield down to the Connecticut border, five miles or so on either side. But we also have a locator. So if you have a specific house you're looking at, you can call us and in two minutes, we'll know if it qualifies for USDA or not as well. Last one would be FHA, Federal Housing Administration. That's also uh, one to four family units. Uh, USDA, if I didn't mention, is only for single. Uh, but FHA, one to four, um, three and a half percent down is a minimum down payment, but it can be a gift. And as Lindsay had alluded to earlier, 
it is a little more lenient on a lot of the areas. It's it's kind of easier to qualify for an FHA loan for two main reasons. One, lower credit scores are allowed and underwritten accordingly. And um, the other one is higher ratios, meaning they will let borrowers spend a little more as a percent of their income. So if the numbers are a little tight on one of the other loans, FHA may fix that. It's awesome. basics. Thanks, John. And I think it's really important to note that um, conventional versus government loans, it's not that one type of program is better than the other, right? It's completely based on your specific financial needs, the needs of the property, and then kind of piecing that together to figure out what's going to give you the best loan terms. And as John and Ryan both mentioned, some of these loans have certain requirements, like you have to be a first-time home buyer or you have to meet certain income requirements, or the property has to be in a certain location, um, or John mentioned the veterans loan, which is an excellent program. You have to be a veteran to take advantage of that program. So there will be specific kind of checklists that your loan officer is going through when we're having a conversation, when we're learning about you. We ask all of those questions so that we can figure out which of those loans are going to be available, and then we can talk with you to figure out which one is the one you'll ultimately end up choosing to get into the house that you want to be able to buy. So if you find if you figure out that you're pre-approved and you find the right house in the right location, but maybe it needs a little work on it, right? Especially going into the winter, we tend to see some of those distressed properties maybe that are out on the market at that point. So in addition to helping you buy houses that are just in existence that you love as they are, we can also help you to renovate or even build a house. And Jeff has a little bit of more information on that for us today. Yeah, so uh, for the renovation or rehab um, properties, we have two options that have some low down payment um, capability. There's a Fannie Mae home style, which is uh, one of the conventional mortgages, and then FHA 203K. Uh, both of them work similar where the full amount of the mortgage is dispersed up front. Any of the funds that are used for renovation gets put in an escrow account and, you know, then it's dispersed, you know, as the repairs get done. Uh, so you're paying your full payment right off the, off the bat. So it's a little different than a construction loan would be. Um, with the Fannie Mae home style, it can be done on either a primary home or a uh, second home. Um, you can do as little as 5% down for a primary home uh, or 10% or down for a uh, second home. Um, the FHA 203K can only be done on a primary residence, um, but uh, can be as little as 3.5 down. So you can go a little bit higher on your loan to value with FHA. Awesome. So say you find the perfect house and you love it and you love everything about it. It's in the right school system. It fits all the boxes, but that kitchen is just terrible and the bathrooms are terrible, right? You can uh, get an estimate from a contractor, write up a work plan and potentially finance in the cost to buy the house plus the cost to do that renovation work. That's really, really exciting possibilities that that opens up. And all of these, the conventional loans Ryan talked about, government loans that John talked about, and the renovation loans all have lower down payment loan options uh, that we've been reviewing. So um, 
another really cool way that we can structure things. And again, this is all about structuring everything to meet your needs as a buyer, right? So that you can feel educated and empowered and go out and search for a home and understand the numbers, know what you're going to pay on a monthly basis, know what your savings needs to be, right? And get into that home that you love. And so these lower down payment options can help. You can also potentially have sellers help by covering closing costs or potentially uh, using the seller credit to buy your rate down. And there's different ways we can talk about that as a strategy. Um, it's still a little tricky in this market because remember, we are in a little bit of a seller's market still. So, you know, negotiating seller concessions can be a little bit tricky, but but possible. So another alternative to helping cover closing costs and down payment are down payment assistance programs and grants that are available. Um, so we do the mass housing loan and mass housing has a down payment assistance program. Mass housing is one of the conventional loans that Ryan mentioned in the beginning of the process. So um, that can actually be 100% financing if you qualify. You can have a first mortgage like you normally would, and then you could have a second mortgage that helps with the down payment. Um, and there's also a few other grant or down payment assistance programs that we have, like Housing Our Workforce and the Equity Builders Program through the Federal Home Loan Bank. Um, so all of these are different tools that we have in our toolbox that we can use to help with down payment assistance. Um, so thanks, Ryan, John, and Jeff for just kind of giving us that very brief intro on those lower down payment options. Again, anybody who has questions that's listening in now, whether you're an industry partner who works with us, whether you're a buyer who wants to maybe take advantage of these, the really important next step is that you want to talk to your loan officer, review your financials, review your goals. We call that a mortgage consultation. And on that call, we can then figure out which program might be the best way for you. Um, so to kind of get into our last piece here, which might be a little bit longer, is the new program that we have available called the Mass Dreams Grant. And this has been really publicized a lot by lenders, um, but it's a really intricate process. And so Bobby is going to help us understand that um, and what's actually available. And I wanted to drop a link here in the chat box for everybody. At any given time, there are local and state and federal grant programs that are available to home buyers. And the website that I just put in the chat box is a really great resource. Um, so mymasshome.org, down payment assistance. If you click on that link, it actually lists not only the um, down payment assistance and grant programs that are through uh, mass housing, it also lists any down payment assistance programs that are through local municipalities as well. Um, and also that are through the federal home loan bank that I mentioned before too. So it's really important to remember when you're looking to buy a house that these grant programs come and go. And um, so you wanna make sure that you're comfortable being able to buy the house and that you kind of think of the grants as I like to say like icing on the cake, right? So if you can't get the grant that you still have another plan to work with, um, because grants are often reserved on kind of a first come first serve basis. And so before I steal all of Bobby's thunder, Bobby's going to talk about this Mass Dreams grant specifically and how that's available to homeowners right now. 
Bobby, go ahead. And I say Bobby and a lot of people call you Bob, but whatever works. <laughs> whatever works, I answer to both. So, um, so the Mass Dreams grant is a Massachusetts program that provides the down payment assistance and closing cost grants to um, eligible first time buyers. So um, this money came from the American Rescue, Rescue Plan Act in um, 2021. Um, so it gave money to the states to, um, to help affect, you know, disproportionately affected communities that, um, from COVID. So Massachusetts identified 29 communities and they set aside $65 million um, you know, for this grant money to help with home buying. Um, it can be up to 5% um, of the purchase price for down payment assistance. And it, it varies. So households earning less than 100% of the area median income can get up to 50,000 and households between 100,000, I mean, 100% 100 and 135% are eligible for up to 35,000. And that is identified based off of you living in the community. So the 29 communities that have been identified, if you live in there, you can go to the website that Lindsay provided to find out um, if, you, um, if you meet the pre-eligibility um, criteria. So basically you have to be a first time home buyer. You have to live in one of those 29 communities. Um, you have to meet the income guidelines for the DREAMS grant um, for the community that you're living in. What you're buying has to be a primary residence. Um, you'll have to complete a home buyer education course. And what that is depends upon the program that you're ultimately in. And you to use the grant, you have to be using one of the approved Massachusetts home buyer products. So it's either a mass housing partnership or a mass housing first mortgage product. So you can't just combine it with any loan program. It has to be one of these Massachusetts loan programs. Awesome, and I just dropped the link for that in the chat box and also the list of the properties. Um, again, it's for folks that are residing in those, one of those towns could possibly be eligible. And that's kind of an interesting way of, of doing it, right? A lot of times a grant is available for the town in which you're purchasing the property, but this one's actually based on the town that you are currently living in. Um, and so as Bobby said, there's income restrictions as well. So first and foremost, um, you can click on that link to see if you're eligible, but you'd really want to talk to a lender, talk to one of us on this call today, figure out whether you could be pre-approved specifically to use one of those mass housing loan programs that are available or the mass housing partnership loans. Um, and then from there, we'd be able to see if the grant was available. Um, and Bobby, I think it's important too to talk about just kind of the process with the Mass Dreams grant, but really it's also the process with any other grant too. Um, so once you have a property, you know, you can kind of find out if you're eligible for the grants while you're searching for a property. Um, but what happens? How do you actually get one of these grants? Sure. So as we mentioned, like first step is to find out if you qualify by going to the website and filling out the questionnaire to see if you see if you qualify. Then Mass Housing will send you like a, um, a, a what they call um, a pre-eligibility um, certificate. And what you do is you take that certificate to your lender, hopefully us, and you would work with your loan officer 
to get pre-approved for one of the mortgage programs that that grant can be used with. Um, and I just want to back up for a second. We keep saying grant. Grant is a keyword because it means that the money's forgiven. So it's not, it's not used or um, it doesn't have to be paid back. So this is a true grant, grant program. So what you would do is you would take this pre-eligibility certificate to your lender and you would go through the pre-approval process for one of the first mortgage products. Um, and then you'd wanna work with your realtor that understood the grant program itself as well so that they can go and look for houses um, in communities that you'll qualify for. Because there's the income qualification based off of, hey, can I get the 50,000? Can I get the 35,000? That's based off of where you're living. But there's a whole second income qualification based off of where you're buying for these products. So you could live in Boston and qualify for the $50,000 grant based off of your income, but then you could be buying in a completely different community where maybe your income is too high to even buy in that. So you have to work with a lender that understands this, who's gonna have a relationship with your realtor, who is also gonna understand this so you don't get put into a position where, um, you know, where you go down a road that leads to nowhere. Um, so once you have that pre-approval and you're looking for the house and you find the house, then your lender, um, you go to your lender and you have your accepted offer and they'll register your loan and lock it with say mass housing. And then they're gonna follow up with you mass housing directly as the, as the buyer with, um, with an email that lays out the steps that you have to do through their, um, their connect portal. And that's really important because that's where the buyer is somewhat on their own. Um, with a good lender, they can set everything up for you up, up, up front, knowing exactly what you're gonna have to um, submit there. But that email goes directly to the, to the buyer and they have to upload documents directly into the portal themselves um, to hopefully get their full approval. So there's some extra steps when it comes to getting either the Mass Housing or Mass Dreams grant. Um, also, if you were doing a local grant say through the town that you're buying in a local municipal grant, um, anything like that, there's always kind of that extra party involved. And just like Bob's explaining, whether it's the Mass Dreams program or another one, um, you want to make sure that your lender and your realtor is really comfortable understanding how that grant works and knowing that there could be some extra time required too, right? So Bobby, they're saying like how much time is the processing taking for the Mass Dreams specifically? So they're asking us for 30 days for the grant approval itself. So that means from a home buying perspective, you want to make sure that your closing dates are at least 45 or ideally 60 days out uh, from your offer. Um, I think that 30-day mark is probably them leaving room for customers having a little bit of trouble with everything, but, right. um, but that's what they're asking us for right now. Awesome. So that's really important to note too. So, um, so remembering that first and foremost, you want to be pre-approved. You want to make sure that you're comfortable with everything. You can't actually reserve the grant money until you have your property under contract. So you can't even start the official reservation until then. So let's say that, you know, you got your property under contract and then you find out that you, you aren't eligible for the grant for whatever reason. Um, you know, in my mind, I just want to make sure that people don't 
have their heart set on that and not have another backup plan, right? So it's important that you're working with your lender and your realtor um, and really your attorney ultimately too, just to make sure that you're protected and um, and, and setting everything up the right way. Um, now, most of the time, these grants, the, the folks who are administering these are excellent. They make sure that, you know, there's not like false promises or anything happening. So um, I'm always just playing the more conservative, prepared, educated kind of side of the puzzle. Um, but definitely keeping in mind that you want to keep a little bit of extra longer closing time frame just for the grant to be administered and processed and everything too. Um, and then I think another thing I wanted to just clarify a specific to the mass streams, uh, Bob, that you said it's, let's say on the 50,000 side of things, it's 50,000, but also up to 5% of the purchase price and closing costs and everything too, right? So it's not just like you get 50,000, it's based on a specific formula. Correct. Yeah. And you, it's very rare that somebody would use the full 50,000 um, just by, by circumstances yeah. of the way it's, yeah. it's um, written up. And, but there are some really, you know, things that creatively a lender can do to make sure that you use as much of it as possible and it will save you as much money as possible. So it's really important to work with a lender that understands what can and cannot be included in the grant so you can both maximize what you're getting and also not be set up, you know, to be led one thing and it be a lot less than that. Awesome. And it can really cover what are some of those things that can be included? Sure, so it's up to 5% of the purchase price um, or the appraisal amount of the property. You can use a certain number of discount points, um, which are monies that you pay to buy down the interest rate, but there's a cap on it. So you need to know what that cap is. Um, the What we would refer to as like regular closing costs on the loan. So what, whatever would be regular buyer closing costs, you can include things that would have been like seller paid closing costs or things like home inspections or um, condo move out fees. Like you can't add other costs of the transaction that aren't typically considered normal closing costs. Um, then you can also include your prepaid items like your taxes and insurance. And then one of the big ones that people miss is you can include upfront mortgage insurance. So you can pretend, you can basically buy out the, the monthly mortgage insurance by using this grant, um, which then helps reduce your, your monthly payment. That's so. great. That's great. So theoretically, if you were using say a math housing mortgage and then the down payment assistance loan um, and then this mass dreams grant program you could you could get into a house really with very minimal out-of-pocket costs right because that could cover all the closing costs too yeah and you can actually get into a house with a much larger down payment um, because you could co you could combine programs like you can use the the dreams grant for five percent you could use the workforce advantage you know five percent you know second um, you know, to help it. So now your first mortgage is only, you know, um, you know, 90%. 90%. So there, there's different ways that you can combine different things as well. That's great. Awesome. Well, thanks you guys for doing this. I was hoping we'd be right around 30 minutes, which we are 29 minutes. So that was a lot of information that we covered in a pretty short amount of time. Um, and so I guess just final kind of rehash. Um, so if somebody were to want to get started on this conversation, 
easiest way would be to just give one of us a call or an email and we'd set up that mortgage consultation. We talk about your goals, what you're looking to do. We talk about your budget, what kind of feels comfortable for you. We'd review your credit, review your financials. And then from there, we'd piece together your goals and your financials and all these different mortgage programs that we just went over and figure out which one's going to be the best way for you to achieve that ultimate goal of getting into the right house for you. Um, so if there's any questions at all, feel free to throw them in the chat. And um, otherwise, just contact us anytime that you have any questions. And I think the only question, let's see, that I saw earlier was, um, okay, is for FHA loan, I guess, John, this is back to you. Um, is there any income restriction? Oh, and you got to unmute. Sorry, Jen, three on the spot. There we go. They were using the copier, so. Oh. Uh, income restrictions on FHA? No, there's none. No income restrictions. You can make lots of money. There are there are people that make plenty of money, but their credit scores aren't as good as they might be, and FHA fixes that. Perfect. Um, and then another question we just had is, um, can any of these grant programs be used for buying commercial small businesses? Anyone want to answer that? Uh, none of the ones that we talked about today um, can be used for commercial product. Right. This is all residential financing. I guess if you wanted to get really creative, you could say that you're going to utilize the lower down payment options and grants and everything to get into your house, right? And that would leave your savings in your own bank account. And then you'd be able to do whatever you wanted to do with your savings, right? So go on a nice vacation, go out and buy another business after. <laughs> whatever works. Um, okay, then this one, I guess Ryan talked about conventional loans. Any um, any down lower down payment options for, well, this could go to anybody, but lower down payment options conventional for two family houses? Uh, yes, yeah, so um, a good example of that would be the, the FHA loan, as John talked about. You could buy a one to four unit property with as low as three and a half percent down. Um, you can also use a conventional loan, uh, for example, first-time homebuyer program, Freddie Mac Home Possible with as little as 5% down um, and still taking advantage of using a conventional program. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. And then, sorry, the mass, mass housing programs yep. too. Yep. Mass housing, you both said at the same time. Yep, yep. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. Um, okay. And then is there any restriction? Okay, so this is switching gears a little to renovation. Um, is there any restriction on the type of renovation work that can be done on a property? Yeah, so there are, each program has its own um, requirements as far as what is allowed or is not allowed. Um, for the home style, uh, which is the Fannie Mae program, um, that has a stipulation that the utilities do have to be on and working on the property. Um, so that's one of the guidelines it, it can't be used to, you know, connect the water or to, you know, establish, you know, an electrical system. Um, so, you know, the basic utilities have to be on and functional. Uh, for the FHA 203K, 
there's two different categories that they'll put you in depending on what work is being done. There's one which is referred to as the streamlined, which is for more of your smaller product products um, or projects rather. If it's 35,000 or less and it's not anything to do with the structure of the house, um, or there's a standard 203K, which would involve any project that's over 35,000 or has to do with the structure of the house. Um, there's also certain things that are excluded. Um, some of the things that you can't use it for is like if you're putting in a pool, uh, that's one of the things that does not count. Or if you're converting like a one family into a two family, um, that is not allowed through that program. Um, so there are a couple you know, restrictions. So we can, you know, when we do that mortgage consultation, we'll get an idea of what work needs to be done and then we can figure out what you know, product it would fit into. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's what's pretty cool. We have a few different types of renovation and construction loans. So sometimes it's like if one of them doesn't allow it, maybe the other program does. So again, that's where, like Jeff said, that consultation is really important. Um, okay. Where can we check a property's uh, rural housing USDA eligibility? Um, and I can put that link actually in the chat box. Um, the best bet too is to contact your loan officer and just have them double check everything to make sure that you're eligible for rural housing and that the property is eligible. Um, but there is a general search that's in the chat box now for USDA properties where you can see whether or not it's actually eligible. Good question. And adding to that, it isn't just town to town. It's specific location. I've seen them where they'll put on one side of the street and not the other. So it's very specific. Yeah, it's weird. I think we get that in towns that have different zip codes, right? Like um, I know this isn't a real example because Northampton and Florence are both not eligible, but like say that type of a thing where we consider it Northampton, but it really has two different zip codes that can sometimes throw it off. Good point. Awesome. One All thing right. I'll say is you, you'd be a surprise, like what's considered rural. You know, we probably think about it as like Kansas farmland and it's, <laughs> it's not so. Right. Right. Downtown Greenfield, for instance, is rural to them. So. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. It doesn't mean just farms. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thanks everyone who attended. Um, I'll just give another 60 seconds for any other questions. I think we hit them all. And as always, our team's here to help. We'll send this recording out um, after the fact for those of you who are on the call for a reference. And um, thanks again for joining us this morning. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning into our Applied Mortgage Community Show. As always, if you have any mortgage-related questions, please contact our team at Applied Mortgage, 413-586-5626 or AppliedMortgageTeam.com. And if you want to be featured on one of our episodes, let me know. We'd love to have you.